0: Hey, hey, y'all. It's me, Robin. And just real quick before we get to today's episode, if you are loving listening to the podcast, or maybe you don't know because you've just pressed play for the first time ever, but if you like to listen to things in your earbuds, you are going to be so happy to know that Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors is now released as an audiobook. You can get it in Audible, or wherever else you get your audiobooks. And of course, you can still get it in print and ebook. If you go to slash book, it's going to give you all the options, including that you could order a signed copy from my local bookstore. Alrighty, y'all. Here's that podcast episode you're waiting for. Hey, y'all. Just a super quick message before we get to this episode. This is Robin, of course, and I'm just letting you know that the club is welcoming new members today and will remain open to new members until the end of the day on June 6th. So if you're planning to join us, don't delay. You'll need to join before the end of the day, June 6th. If you've been listening to this podcast for a bit, you've probably heard me talk about the club. It's a virtual community all online for parents of kids with big baffling behaviors and the professionals who support them. The club offers an on-demand video library with over 45 videos, and it's always growing. The videos are closed captioned, transcribed, and you can get a certificate of completion if you need one. We have an active members-only forum that's available 24-7, and I'm super active in the forum. If you ask a question, there's a really good chance I'll answer it. And if it's not me, it'll be one of the other club coaches, plus all of our amazing members. We also have at least three live meetings a month. If you can't make them live, the videos go into that on-demand video library. So you can just watch whenever you want and honestly, as often as you want. There's a couple of really awesome club bonuses too. Like your parenting partner joins at no additional charge. They get to create their own account, no additional charge. And all the audios from all the videos are in a private club members only podcast, making it super easy to listen to anything you miss. And if you're a professional, there's a separate forum just for professionals that also includes a bonus video library just for professionals. And it contains videos like an introduction to polyvagal theory and the four-part eight-hour training called Engaging the Body, Working with Dysregulated Children. Because they are bonus videos, there's no CEs available. All right. That's a lot. <laughs> There's so much goodness happening over in the club, and we would love to have you. The club for so many of the parents has been the missing link from taking the information that they've learned about how they want to parent their children to kind of crossing over that gap to actually being able to parent their children the way that they want to and connect with themselves with the compassion that you all really, really, really deserve. So there's a link to read all the details about the club and to register down in the show notes of today's episode, or just head over to robingobel.com slash the club. After June 6th, we'll close to new members until the fall. righty, Now on to the episode you're waiting for. One of the many gems that my guest Lacey offers in today's episode is this, having spaces where progressively I learned I could be imperfect, messy, and screw things up and still be in relationship with someone was huge. When I think about the parent-child relationship, even when it feels like all we are doing is banging our head on the wall, nothing is changing and we can't break out of it, that young person is learning. I have a place I can go. I have a place I can land. I am super excited to share more of Lacey Alana from Yes and Brain with you today. I'm Robin Goebel, and this is the Parenting After Trauma podcast, where I take the science of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human and translate it for parents of kids who have experienced trauma. I'm a psychotherapist with over 15 years of experience working with kids who have experienced trauma and their families. I'm also a self-diagnosed brain geek and relationship freak. I study the brain kind of obsessively and even teach about the science of interpersonal neurobiology and in a postgraduate certificate program. I started this podcast 25 episodes ago to get free, accessible support to you as fast as possible. So this podcast isn't fancy. I do very little editing, which means sometimes you're going to hear a cockadoodle do in the background. If you love this episode, add Parenting After Trauma to your favorite podcast player and share with your friends and colleagues, be sure to head over to robingobel.com to discover all the free resources I have for you. You can also read about the club, a very special virtual space for parents to experience the connection, co-regulation, and a little trauma-informed education that you deserve. We'll be opening the doors for new members very soon. This is episode 25, and today I'm chatting with my dear friend, Lacey Alana. Lacey is a brilliantly talented therapist, creator of the Yes And Brain program, and really so many other amazing programs. She's a trapeze artist and an improv genius, but what she is to me first is a friend of many, many years. Lacey comes to today's episode as an adult who has childhood experiences similar to the kids that you love and care for. She talks a bit about what impacted her when she was a teen and sends a really magical message of hope to all the adults out there who just keep showing up and pouring love into these kids, even when it seems like nothing is working. I know you'll enjoy Lacey as much as I do, so let's just get going. Lacey. Thank you for agreeing to hang out with me this afternoon. I know that's a really big ask, right? For us to get together. And yeah.
1: So hard. Hang out so hard. and so
0: convenient, but um, I'm excited that we were forced then to kind of carve out this time to be together and talk this afternoon. And I'd love for you just to introduce yourself to my listeners and t- tell us a little bit about like why you even wanted to come and be on the podcast. Sure.
1: Uh, so I am Lacey, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about both kind of the professional and personal sides mm-hmm. of this. Yes. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker. What are my my words? <laughs> doing great already. Uh, licensed clinical social worker. Uh, I specialize in trauma, autism, neurodivergence, all of the sort of corollary uh, pieces. And I do a lot of work kind of in the multidisciplinary arts world, blending together applied improvisation, with therapeutic intervention and play in those domains, circus. I'm a circus artist, etc., and kind of all of those pieces. And then also spent time as a youth in effective kinship foster care placement, and had that involvement with the system and kind of my own uh, long term family history with navigating trauma and kind of what that looked like for me personally. Yes. And so, yeah, that's the relevancy of. Oh,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So your involvement in this world and this community of working with people who have experienced trauma, having this trauma, we could say trauma-informed blends on things comes from both sides, this professional mm-hmm. interest as well as personal experience, which is true probably for most of us.
1: I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, yeah, I definitely. And I really think, I mean, looking back on it now, I think it really is both of those things because I, I was still, even when I was younger, the person that I am now. You know, people be yes. like, "Oh, don't talk to me like like a therapist," and I'm like, "No, yes. no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> like, if you talk to me in middle school, this was who you got. Right. Like, this is <laughs> this like, is just I sweet. now know, yeah, I now know some technical words, but this is actually this is authentically who I am." Um, yeah. And I started volunteering at. Of the Austin Children's Shelter, which is now renamed as something else, when I was, you know, a freshman in college and 18 and like just out of my own stuff, slash, very not out of lots of it. um, And then began working there. And then, and it felt really comfortable being there, you know? Um, Yeah. So definitely.
0: I'm interrupting the show real quick because if you happen to be a new listener, you might find yourself being a little overwhelmed by all this information. That makes total sense. I mean, there's like 150 episodes plus all the free resources that are available over my website. It's just a lot. So many folks have asked me, where do I start? So I created a separate podcast stream called Start here. What I did is I took the 10 episodes that I want you to listen to first, and then I want you to listen to in this specific order, and I put them into a separate podcast stream so that you don't have to search for them. You can just press play and they'll play one after the other after the other. If you go to robingobel.com slash start here, you'll be able to get an invitation to subscribe, and then you'll be able to listen right in the same podcast app you're using right now robin slash start here. So just for a little context, also, it might just be f- fun to talk about how you and I even got sure. to know each other mm-hmm. because you are probably the first, um, colleague on a more mutual level. Mm-hmm that I knew that had a similar interest in working mm-hmm. with the types of kids and families that I wanted to work with, like probably up until I met you in your cubicle, like mm-hmm. the other people I know who are also really interested in this field were all mentors. I didn't True. have anybody that I felt right. like at the same sure. level as I was, or had been in the field mm-hmm. for the same length of time as mm-hmm. I was. And so, and also Shared a love for like obsessively reading about all of it, totally. and talking about it, <laughs> yes. and learning about it. Yes. And so, like, to stumble, I remember really like stumbling into your cubicle and seeing, like, oh, you have the same books. I don't know uh-huh. anybody else who's like reading mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. that I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Right. And then our careers took somewhat different paths. Like, mm-hmm. You went off and did some other cool work. And then, um, we somehow discovered this way that we both enjoy the circus arts. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I and know. Yeah. You on a very different level than me, but that I do think that's part of what sparked us reconnecting a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. So that's been this really fun piece. Yeah. You, is this way of us yeah. having this language and this ex- totally fun one, one just really odd, unique hobby. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not a yes. lot of people yes. have. Yes. But then also what is so cool, there's obviously a lot of cool things about you, but the way that mm-hmm. you're pulling them all together. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool person. <laughs> but the way you pull it all together. And do, you know, take your professional interest in your trauma history and interpersonal neurobiology history and your deep, deep, deep understanding of the brain and the polyvagal Mm -hmm. theory and all this kind of cool stuff. And then pulling into it, like your love of circus arts Mm -hmm. and how that's related. And then um, your work in the improv world and how all those things are related. Yeah,
1: Yeah. totally. It's just. Yeah. No, I I agree. Definitely. The... (laughs) Yeah. The ways that the paths have mingled and crossed and yeah. similar. I mean, same. The Yeah. I didn't know anyone else with the enthusiasm for inhaling <laughs> all of the content possible and <laughs> talking about it somewhat obsessively. And um, mm-hmm.
0: yes, yes. Yeah. And that still happens. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We still do that. Right. Yeah. Well, share a little bit about your personal story and your personal mm-hmm. path and how that's contributed to your kind of professional work and your professional interests, but also knowing that a lot of people who listen are listening are either parents Mm -hmm. of kids who have experienced Mm -hmm. trauma or they're professionals, helpers and healers in some way, like working with those families.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much to say, right. It's like, where do you, where do you start? Um, I mean, I guess the sort of just like, you know very brief summary was like long-term history of significant abuse in the home like sexual physical kind of emotional all of the all of the categories Mm. um finally got out of the home CPS got involved when I was a teenager went into the fictive kinship foster care kind of situation did all of the like Rig with the like police interviews and the CPS caseworkers and the going to the advocacy centers to do the tests and the body invasion stuff, you know, like did all yeah. of the things that one does.
0: All the trauma um, that happened subsequent right. to the trauma.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and really navigated to like how broken so much of those systems are, which of course okay. I understand now with a different level of understanding in all of the different ways of like how kids are so not served in the process that is often very necessary and yet how Mm -hmm. it is not. um, Yeah. There aren't the resources for that to be done the right way. The education, the information, you know, all of this. Um, But yeah, so I finished high school and went to college and I think was really kind of in survivor mode at that point and was just Mm -hmm. like plowing through and was just like okay well this is what you do and this is how I need to get this Mm -hmm. forward and the family that I was living with was um also quite a mess Mm -hmm. um definitely lots of like emotional abusive stuff and just like yeah lots of like low-grade physical Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's just Mm -hmm. like not a great time and so I basically entered college with no parental person and like you know had all of the belongings that I owned in garbage bags and like under bed boxes in my dorm bed, which I raised to have a little more storage room. And like, you know, I mean, it was a very like weird time. Um, Yeah. And thankfully started therapy and that, (laughs) yeah, has been one of the long-term staples for me that has, you know, made things, yeah. Okay. And I mean, it's been a yeah, like complex. I mean, there's no good way to summarize like long-term complex trauma work, right, but right. there's, um, it's doable and yeah, it does change. And yeah, I don't know. That's the overview overview.
0: Yeah. I think, so thank you for sharing all of that. Um, I think what I'm hearing in this moment is something that, that, my listeners might really also be very interested in is that your quote unquote work, I'm using mm-hmm. air quotes right now, quote mm-hmm. unquote, your work started when you were a young adult, like your therapeutic mm-hmm. work. Um, and yeah, I'm like, I think I am just, I don't know what more you could say about that, but I want to say like, mm-hmm. could you say more about that? Because I know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working with families who are pa- actively parenting. Right. And are so terrified of what mm-hmm. the future holds, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, they're kind of mm-hmm. looking at their child and the struggles that they're having, whether they're three or five or 12 or 17. Right. And just feeling terrified mm-hmm. that this totally. child won't be okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think the idea that that it is possible for, to mm-hmm. enter adulthood, <laughs> like mm-hmm. totally, yeah. Number one, eighteen, yep. <laughs> totally. and then enter adulthood, and then at that time, for a lot right. of the real healing work right. yep, to stuff. still begin yeah. or to still mm-hmm. take hold. So, yeah, maybe just say a little yeah, more yeah, about totally. that. Um, yeah, I mean, I have lots
1: of thoughts about it. Um, number one, I'm like, man kids who have parents who are like diving into this stuff and trying to like Mm. show up hard are like Mm. so lucky, you know, like I'm like, wow, what an incredible, like, that's
0: awesome. Um, Okay. So I want to say one more thing about that, just because mm -hmm. I know this comes up and just to really anchor it in for the parents listening who pretty continually feel like failures and like overwhelmed and like, they're not doing enough. They can't do enough is as the therapist on the outside, looking in working with both adults who have experienced trauma in childhood, and they're now adults. And so we're Mm -hmm. processing it in a totally Mm -hmm. different way than when I'm working with kids. It does feel to me that having a parent who can at least see what's happening enough Mm -hmm. to say, I need support, Mm -hmm. whether that mean it actually changes things a whole lot in the home or not. Mm-hmm. Sure, it would be awesome if things could change in the home. Sure. That would be ideal. But I do think there's something that gets really overlooked: that just having a parent who's aware enough to know, like, "Whoa, I need mm-hmm. help," mm-hmm. is healing. Like that oh, in yeah. itself is it's a, a new experience a, yeah. for a child who's experienced trauma. Like the acknowledgement: mm-hmm. like something's not right here. Totally. Is it? Yes. Something that happens in homes right. that are actively and more overtly like abusive and but that in and of itself is a new experience. Yes, for these kids. And I know so many families where that feels like that's not enough, or nothing's changing, or mm-hmm. I'm not doing enough to help my kid, or you right. know, whatever story they're telling themselves. But totally. but that is something. Yes. So, oh, it's so much,
1: and yes. it's like an and even, I mean, I think. For me, I mean, A, I just, like, wasn't really in a safe place even to begin that work until adulthood, just even, like, logistically, like, from a sort of just, like, physical baseline safety standpoint, but also emotionally and, like, in a place where I could be safe enough to be a little messy. And, I mean, I was doing the container holding as a, like, you know, messy kid also, so that was also messy, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, but it's, like, as I look back at it, too, like, not only is it, like, yes, not being the perfect parent, but it's, like, when I look back to, like, okay, how did I survive that? Like, what really made that work? Like, there are, of course, like, internal personal resiliency pieces that I note that are, you know, intrinsic to who I am and all of these pieces. But yes. but another huge piece of it is that when I look back, I can always identify Someone who was an adult who was the foil to this doing something different in some way. And none of them were the perfect, met all my needs, everything was great people. But I can identify so many people who just held delight in me and space Mm -hmm. for me to exist and expressed interest in me and were compassionate. And I soaked that up. And that to me is like so much of like what made it possible to do that work later right. and it's and it's even like small discrete things you know i'm like oh yeah i had that like camp counselor that i really like don't even remember their name but like i remember what right. it felt like to be next to them cuz i felt safe and like oh yeah that piano yes. teacher and like yes. oh yeah that teacher who i like really wish had like noticed the things and didn't pick up on all the offers but like always put a sticker on my paper and that felt nice and i liked yeah. it you know like, and it's like the Stitching together of those things that I think, like, create the foundation to do the deeper work when you're developmentally ready, safety ready, emotionally right. regular, ready, nervous system ready, whatever, to have some of that, like, collection space. And so, like yes, there are always things complicated about like family and parental child relationships, no matter what your (laughs) arrangement is of where, you know, where kids came from and Mm -hmm. who parents are and all, you know, all of this. Um, But I think that there is something that's like really powerful about like the fact that kids who have an adult person that came into their life, like will have lots of the more of those moments of like resiliency and connection with a consistent person who's there than I did, you know? And and I think that that is, um, yeah, really huge. And I think like, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think my nervous system had the capacity to do the work. And it's like, even in uh, so I'll, I'll say this note too, that I've seen the same therapist on and off for 17 years, which I know mm-hmm. you already know, but the people listening don't, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really long time. Yes. Um, and and it's been my longest consistent adult yes. attachment relationship, which yes. is why, you know, I mean, it's not the reason why we're still, you know, but it is such a huge, like I will always have some kind of connection to her and some capacity yeah. because yeah. of that. Um, because she's been the person who showed up when I was in the hospital yeah. two years ago and was like super, just like in a really bad, my body internal organ stuff was shutting down. Like she texted me every day to ask how I was because yeah. that's, you know, she's known me for half my life. And, um, but that that was tangential, but to tell the fact of, I think the first long period of time of doing work with her even was really about. Building enough safety and connectivity. And there were things that happened and there was processing that happened. Um, but we'll often, because she is my long term adult attachment mm-hmm. person, do some of the things that kids do with adults. And like, mm-hmm. you know, we don't look back at collective photos from things we did because that doesn't exist. We didn't go to the amusement park <laughs> or go on a vacation, but we yeah. just snap photos. I wish we in did. The right. This is us in, 20, yeah, in 2010. Um, but we talk back about. Right. our relationship and how right. we both were and like these things that like people do with their long-term attachment figures. And yes. one of the things that I think is like, now I just also have so much compassion for my like baby 17, 18 year old self. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but she'll t- she talks about, you know, we'll tell the like how I was in those therapy sessions. And yeah. that I just came in and was just like, Non stop talking and was just like okay well I'm really stressed out and here's the things okay and I don't even know and my nervous system was just on and she'd be like okay breathe and be like okay so anyway here's the thing you know and like <laughs> and we've just like had so many good like right. laughs about that and like at the time I was just so keyed up and so in survival mode that that is where I was right. and that I barely tolerated her telling me to take a deep breath and I hated those moments and was angry at her for doing it but also liked her enough and she held space enough in a way that I kept going back and there we were and I think it really wasn't until I mean of course we were talking about things in the real world and doing some problem solving and all of this and that wasn't superficial unnecessary but I really don't think it was probably like until I was much more like developmentally capable and organized as a person and had a nervous system that wasn't quite as like hair triggered that I was able to do some of the deeper healing work that I did. And it, and it isn't to say that like that time wasn't foundational and restorative. And like, and I think that that's what happens for kids too, is that it's like doing the therapy, doing all of these things isn't nothing. It's not like, okay, well, let's hang up the hat until we're 25, you know, but it's, I think the knowing to me that like that, I don't know, there's, yeah, they're just that sort of different developmental windows of like, yeah, like how do you regain a nervous system that you right. didn't ever get to develop? And it goes faster because you're doing it with intention right. when you're older and supported by people with intention when you're younger in the case of adopted kids. Yeah. But Yeah. I don't know. Those those are some
0: thoughts. (laughs) I mean, I think what I'm hearing you say that I really resonate with and relate to on both sides, like as a therapy Mm -hmm. client and as a therapist, who Mm -hmm. specialize in working with people who've been really, really hurt is that, especially at the beginning of the healing process, like the content is really Mm -hmm. quite largely irrelevant. Totally. Whether that's with adult work and the content is what you're talking about or with kids Mm -hmm. and the content is what's being played with or played out or I mean these these things are like the vehicle because we can't Mm -hmm. come into a a therapy space and just stare at one another right there is something to do right whether it's talking or playing playing or or whatever
1: interactive or Yeah. Right. right, You know, whatever it is. Exactly. There's
0: some sort of vehicle involved. Right. And I'm not discrediting that. But what's really happening is the vehicle is providing uh, an experience. Totally. You know, this way of being. Yeah. Seen and heard
1: and held. And yes. Right. So it doesn't
0: matter if Mm -hmm. you're spending 50 minutes. Dumping on the therapist totally. about. Totally. Relatively Whatever. It was. Irrelevant Who knows? Things. I know. Right. Who knows? I, mean, I know. Right? I look back at my own self too, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Because the content didn't matter. What mattered no. was. The... And everything
1: was keyed up, and everything. Right. Like it was like everything right. was. And I think that's the thing. Yeah. I mean,
0: sorry, yeah. I jumped in on you, but well, and again, just um, yeah. knowing that like my audience is kind of both, I'm getting you know tons of totally. professionals are listening. And I know in my, like the consultation I do with professionals, mm-hmm. it's like, we're constantly reorienting to totally. stay out of content, stay out of content. We're providing safety. We're providing this, yes. new, you know, that we're constantly reorienting to that. Mm-hmm. And I, there's some way that that's true for parents as well. Yes. And, oh my gosh.
1: Hugely, I think. yes, like, And I get how hard that is too, because yes. staying yes. away from content when the content is I you're hurting yourself or someone else exactly. or doing something destructive or doing something that raises the like panic. Oh my God, you're not going to be okay because you're not turning any of your school assignments in. And what does that mean for you as a person? forever? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, and so it's, yeah. I think parenting is double harden that way, because as the therapist, like, I get the luxury, at least double, I get the luxury of being like, I get to just resonate and hold space and be here and have this, and it's not that you're not sometimes also engaging in problem-solving those things, because you absolutely are, and I think there is such a, I think parents are battling that hard piece, and though, even when it's not landing in the way that's yielding the concrete shift or change or the measurable right. whatever that there's so much happening there that is getting stored in the nervous system yes, of yes 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 someone and i think for me that's like looking back at all of those old people where it's like oh, not the old people but the people yes. from the past people from the past <laughs> all the old people not the elderly people <laughs> looking back at the geriatrics of my life um i mean sometimes though right <laughs> but anyway um <laughs> but it is like those are Things that become resiliency points. Yes, of yes. Knowing, of even knowing this person can go with me and stay with me through the dark place. And yes. I think that that is also one of the things that for me, because I think a lot of this work came later and I didn't have a shepherding parent person right. right which like you can't do the work for someone but like there's right. definitely a d- distinct advantage to having like an adult person who you're getting <laughs> yes. to like borrow some brain from you know yes. Um, yes. but I think a lot of that like has come for me in both friendships and also adult romantic relationships of like coming mm-hmm. to understand what it means to actually be able to be messy and have someone stay, stay. and like getting to exist because that's so counter to the hypervigilance and the survival mode and the like, I don't even get to exist here. And not only that existing here not even safe because that puts me at risk. If I'm present in this moment, because it means I'm not anticipating what's coming. It puts me at risk because if I like myself for this minute, that's going to go terribly. It puts me at risk because Mm -hmm. if I'm accepting that my parent who's supposed to keep me safe is actually a monster instead of believing like, actually I'm just the problem. If I could change it. Right. Like all of this stuff that, is hard and you can't just intellectually understand that and integrate it but through having those spaces where progressively I learned that I could be imperfect and messy and screw things up and still be in a relationship with someone not always without consequence but like in a relationship Mm -hmm. is huge and so I think that's to me too, like what I think I hold onto a lot in that like parent-child space is that it's like, even if it feels like banging a head on the wall and nothing is changing and it's right. the same old, same old, and we can't break out of this thing, like that, yeah, sometimes that's the developmental nervous system place where things are. And that having that patterning yeah, means that like, as that person grows up, they're going to know I have a place I can go. Like I have a place I can land and that's like within a person and not just like a four walls, but like to have someone you can call and know like they'll have this, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a thing that people outside of families that are adopting or fostering don't even all have, you know, like, I mean, lots of them. (laughs) Like it's, yeah. So I mean, I think there's such incredible power in the patterning yes it is just inherently happening even if you feel like you're screwing it up even if it's not yielding the change even if it's less than perfect or you're like well that was not my ideal self as I raised my voice louder than I meant to <laughs> you know like right. the. but even right. that like the, the the ability to go back and like repair and work yeah. on yourself like I mean it's just like amazing and like the yeah. recognition and desire I mean it's like I work with lots of folks who Both have experienced trauma and haven't and both are adopted in foster care and and haven't been. And it's like so many of my clients who have biological parents that they grew up with forever and had pretty like, you know, quote unquote, fine childhoods, like don't have parents that are doing any kind of work or ever have. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like, that's. Yeah, like having a parent who's doing work outside of all the things is like you know i'm like that's great <laughs>
0: like I'm oh my like, gosh that sounds, that
1: sounds real nice you know yeah. like could any of you want to adopt me i'm i'm, I'm like good you know i mean that's, it's like yes yes, yes, yes.
0: Like, so i just want to anchor in on a couple of things mm-hmm. cuz they're yeah, yeah, so important on. like one is that that is so powerfully important to have a parent that is doing something. Oh my gosh. Anything. So that Mm -hmm. includes listening to a podcast. Yes. Yes. To have the awareness. It's like, huh, I could use a little help here. Mm -hmm. Even if your kid doesn't know you're listening to a podcast, you're reading these books, which in general, they tend to know because we don't do these things in secret. (laughs) Right. That that's that the something about the way that our nervous system is that prompts us to seek out curiosity Mm -hmm that way of nervous that right part of our nervous system comes into contact with our kids and right. it matters like whether yes. they have this overt knowledge like my parents are right. really trying
1: like that's right. not the right. point
0: the right. point right is, it's the brains are yes. healing together and
1: moving towards it and I think that's important to know too about the Parental side of it is that it's like not only is success for either party dictated by did the kid do or not do this thing, right? But the same way that the kid is integrating stuff, and you can't always connect the divide between cognition and internalization that like now is generalizable or showing up regularly, like that's the same thing that happens for us as adults. And it's like whatever it is that you're learning in that, like interpersonal zone, that self-zone, that whatever. Like, I mean, I do this about all of the areas of growth where you like Mm -hmm. pursue the knowledge, you're taking it in, you're collecting the bits, your brain is like coalescing that in the background, little things are shifting here. Like your brain signals are going slightly different to the other person. And then sometimes you'll hit the place where you're like, oh, I just like leveled up something or I integrated something. And like, it feels easier or better, or like, I understand it now in a way. Mm -hmm. And so it's also like, I think it's hard. And I mean, I struggle with this as a person too, where I'm like, I'm working so hard on acquiring this skill or breaking this pattern or doing this thing. And like, why is this not working? I'm stuck. I'm frustrated. I'm going in circles. And it is, I really have learned time and time again, because I apparently just need to keep learning this one, that it's like all of that work that is happening in that place of quote unquote, no progress is actually integrating and like contributing to that shifting and so I think yes like all of those things where it's like and it's and this is where it's you know people want the checklist and I mean I do too so it's like valid I understand I hear you Uh I get it Uh but also that it is like you know yeah, everything compiles where it's like the the moment that you just paused and like took a breath before walking into the kitchen and knew that you'd see the mess that was supposed to be cleaned up. It's like that breath right. is a part of what it becomes and like right. turning on the podcast is part of what it becomes. Like right. taking the moment in the bathroom where like actually you're done but you're just going to sit there for another 2 minutes <laughs> is part yes. of what it becomes, you right. know? Like right. and it's like Those things feel like nothing and it feels like nothing's changing. Nothing's changing. There's
0: no overt information that's telling me this is quote unquote working. Working.
1: And (laughs) yet it's like, right. And it's so hard because it's like, you know, I mean, being the strong brain in Mm. the world of a dysregulated brain is a lot of work. Like it is is. hard and there is no one who is like, I mean, it's like, I've worked, and I mean, I talk about this all the time in all kinds of relationships where I'm like, I am a therapist. I have been in therapy for like ever, 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 ever. how much money have I spent on therapy? I don't know. Like I probably paid for my therapist's house down payment, you know, like, I don't know. Like I really did. I did some math one time and I was like, my need to stop. Don't do that. I can't do this. No, no one wants this. Um, But it's like, I also can't. Be magically anything, and right. I get stuck, right. and life is messy and multitudes. And it is both my kids still doing this thing, and also I am holding space for them and building a foundation of the nervous system. Yeah. And also, yes. I am losing my can I say bad words on this podcast?
0: Well, I have to edit them I out. Have, oh,
1: yeah, because kids might listen. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I am losing my sense of internal stability. (laughs) Um, um, Yep. Great. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Um, uh, Like all of those things are true, you know? And and I think that's the, I feel like my biggest also personal work piece recently and slash always and probably forever, because that's how life goes is around those multitudes and like holding. And because I think, especially with, like trauma history the nervous system can be really black and white and either like we're not safe go into like activate full unsafety mode or okay we're okay here and like that space doesn't come that often Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know it's like as i've done my work like the the nuance there has increased drastically and when i'm dysregulated when my window of tolerance is smaller all of this stuff like Mm -hmm. my trigger switch is like way more quick to get activated and to me, this idea of multitudes has been super transformational and like holding for myself, like, okay, I am both feeling unsafe and I'm also physically safe and also have lots of resources and also feel like I'm out of control and also feel frustrated and like my efforts aren't working and also have made lots of progress as a person and also have, you know, and and I think that that is also the, like, the things that, like we all have to hold for ourselves. And then especially in that like parent-child space have to be held mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. that space of like, I am so frustrated with you and also love you and want to be there. Yeah. And also your nervous system is losing its internal control. And also mine is as well right now. And also I did do better this morning when I planned to handle the things slightly differently. And also yeah. this is exhausting. And also I love you and I'm glad I did it. And also, you know, and it's like, that is, yeah. I think it's also like the world- especially like with social media and all these things, like people are not in the practice of holding multitudes anymore and acknowledging them. And so you go to social media and people are presenting, you know, their best selves and they're presenting their, Mm -hmm. you know, this whatever. And it creates this black and white. And this, like, well, I'm not succeeding in doing this thing. I'm not having the kid that's passing the whatever that's getting the recognition, you know, the whatever. Yeah. When really it's like if everyone was actually naming the true multitudes Mm -hmm. and the messiness, like Mm -hmm. that is actually where it's most the same. And I don't know, it makes me think of, and I go back to this, I've never been able to find this despite my best efforts as an adult. Mm -hmm. I read this like poem, question mark, short story, question Mm -hmm. mark, Mm -hmm. when I was... uh, like a kid, like I was like in middle yeah. school or something. And I didn't even understand like the way that this resonated with me until I was much older and still apparently remember it. So it must've yeah, really held on.
0: Absolutely. But it was about
1: this idea that we're all like water wells and that like the deeper you go, the more that we share the water source. So it's like on a superficial level, mm-hmm. if you dig down like a short well, you might start sharing the well with your neighbor, right? Because you're in the same like municipal area and like whatever. So you're getting water from the whatever, but the deeper that you go, that's connecting into the water well of further away places and, you know, et cetera. And so, Uh and I think, you know, naturally it's like, you know, in my depths, I have inherently different experiences than someone who hasn't had trauma, you know, and all these pieces, but at the fundamental piece of that is like, the rawness of hurt and like the rawness of betrayal and of being left out and alone and all of this. And it's like, we all know those places. Yes, Like we all know what that is. And it's like, no, it doesn't manifest maybe with the same intensity in a Mm -hmm. nervous system for someone who doesn't have the trauma to feel, you know, the aloneness as it does for someone who does, for example, but that it really is like, that's the place of, oneness and like knowing like in a lot of the like workshops that I run even in like corporate settings we'll do exercises around like listening for the value behind what someone's saying and someone's like you know complains about the like the traffic and ah, people can't use their turn signals and whatever and really it's like they're talking about valuing like the order and they're valuing the you know the way that like people communicate about what Mm -hmm. they're going to do and Mm -hmm. they value safety and they value this and it's Mm -hmm. like and if we can look at like the kid who's losing it And the kid who's screaming or hitting the wall or like having the meltdown of like, what do you value? Some of which they would never be able to articulate because some of it's like their nervous system being like, I value not feeling like this. Exactly, yes, Um, which which is valid, valid, 100%, right? And then other times it is like, well, I value feeling like I'm set up for success and not feeling like I'm failing this stuff academically because I'm not being taught it in a way that works for me. I value Mm -hmm. being heard and I felt like my sibling didn't listen to me. And maybe they did or maybe they didn't, right? Sometimes the reality doesn't match the feelings. and like, that's a whole other can of worms. But like, we all value feeling like we're being set up for success. We all value being listened to. We all value having our nervous system feel safe. And so it's like when we can meet other people from that place of like, oh, I... My nervous system, the, the, it's like me to think of the end of yoga like the nervous system in me acknowledges the nervous system, in <laughs> yes, you. yes, right? Like, what is it? I don't even remember what the actual words are because yeah. it doesn't matter right now, but that's what you know. But it that's actually quite funny. Um, in my I've been taking of enough yoga like, classes
0: to know, right? But it off it's the like top of my head,
1: either, but yeah, the mm-hmm. something in me acknowledges yeah. the something in you is the yeah. like ending with the namaste, whateverness, right. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think that it is like that. Yeah, the nervous system in me acknowledges the nervous system in you and like the resonance and value of like having anything at all held, even kinda crappily, is huge, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. That was a really long monologue. Would you like to do your summary for both to, to anchor things? Because I've been no. talking fast about lots of things. I still talk fast. That's a thing. Yes, really you, go do. Going. you do. You do talk fast. This is actually fast. a lot slower than it I is. used to be, though. Uh-huh. And I try to be really mindful about it, and I don't always have success. Like right now, especially when you're I'm talking about what I'm no, talking you're doing about. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to anchor that?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if this is gonna be an anchor, but what is what I was thinking of with this visual of the wells Mm -hmm. and then in your reminder that aloneness or Mm -hmm. you know these different human experiences are not um they're not unique to people with histories of you know terrible horrifying trauma Mm -hmm. their intensity varies they may manifest with a different yeah absolutely and All of us, even Mm -hmm. this is one one of the things I love to understand about attachment is that even individuals with quote unquote secure attachment Mm -hmm. have what I would call pockets of all these different parts of insecure attachment, including disorganization. Like even people with predominantly secure attachment experiences have had experiences of fear or nothingness right? their primary attachment figure. That's just inevitable. So we all have these shared human experiences Mm -hmm. that also unfortunately go along with having been not supported through or co-regulated through. Totally. And so, and we spend a lot of time trying to avoid touching into them. Right. (laughs) Right. So then we start parenting somebody who's Nervous system is kind of constantly touching into these totally. places of right. aloneness or yes. terror. Yes. Because and, of, if, yes yeah. and if they
1: perceive that you're trying to shut that thing down, that's. Which we might be life. because we right. don't want to touch into our that. Our nervous ourselves. system, totally. And our nervous system starts panicking and is like, oh, I've got to get regulation back in here because the kid might lose control. And then I'm losing control and we need to. And then our drive to like tamp it which right. is so reasonable and valid yes. because our own nervous systems are like ah, bob extinguish the fire you know yes. but it creates this pattern of you're not seeing me you're not hearing me you're trying which then sometimes either leads to the shutdown or leads to the like all right well you're not getting it well let me make this a little bigger than we you get it then you right. know and mm. and none of that's conscious nobody's being you know manipulative know. What or whatever guess... but the power of just if we can find the regulation in ourselves to sit there and say, I just can't even like overstate how powerful that is. And like mm-hmm. how, like, and I really even feel like my current partner is like the most capable partner I've ever had. Um, hooray for me <laughs> in terms of like also having done emotional work and like all of these pieces. And, and it's like, so sometimes when I'm in the place where I'm just dysregulated and spinny because something's hit my nervous system and generally at this point I'm like oh I am dysregulated doesn't always mean that I can I manage it a lot better than I used to but it doesn't always mean that I can put the brakes on because sometimes you have to move through something and that's what it is yeah but the fact that I will get in return the just like that sounds mm. like it feels so scary
0: yeah
1: is I'm just like wait what <laughs> you know like oh thank mm-hmm. you, thank you and mm-hmm. like the the grounding that that is right. like I can't even you know, I mean, and it's like, I mean I've been in therapy, I've done all the things, and I have lots of relationships with people that I really enjoy in all of this. And right.
0: a lot of people don't get to see me and it's, well of course not. Just meltdown like places, the, right? Our most intimate relationships is where, right, where those things, things emerge happen, and yes. yeah, and I've had lovely,
1: you know, past people I dated or whatever, but just who also weren't, you know, yeah. we're all messy yeah, humans yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Um and just having that seen and held. And I feel like that's what I've also just learned as a clinician that we often feel, and just in work that I do with kids that isn't like therapy work, um, Mm -hmm. is that it's (laughs) like, we feel the drive to solve the thing, to fix it, to make it go away. And because of that, sometimes we start solving the wrong problem. And, And then, and when really, the thing I've learned the most is that when I can stay regulated and when I can just Hold the space long enough to find the moment to talk about like, yeah, I bet that felt really bad when you broke the thing because you were super upset and like, yeah, like this is a lot,
0: right. you know,
1: that like that is because none of us can process stuff when we're dysregulated right, so right. coming at, you know, And it's just, it's such like the traditional paradigm it happens at school and all of this stuff of the, like, you know, well, it's okay to have anger. You just can't do it like this and all of the, and it's like, okay, well, I know that, but I literally like, can't,
0: can't help. Can't my son said that to me once when he was Mm -hmm. probably about eight or nine, kind of the perfect Mm -hmm. age, probably to have enough language, have enough Mm -hmm. cognitive, whatever, have enough safety, have enough, whatever. And we were going through this little period where he was like losing his mind with some frequency.
1: Mm-hmm. that was making
0: us as parents be like um so is mm-hmm. this like parenting thing we've been doing right. these parenting values right. we've we been having like, are we like really on the wrong track mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and having to constantly just go back to like my anchoring in this in what i know about humans and, and the nervous mm-hmm. system and then one day saying something which i knew in the moment was absurd cuz i was a therapist so I knew not every Totally. Not a normal parent thing to know. But I remember saying to him, like, you can something exactly like you can have any feeling you want. All of your feelings, you're okay. Right. But it's not okay to express them in this specific way. And he just looked at me and he was like, That doesn't make any sense. Uh Uh If I could not express them in this way in this moment, I would. And he was still like just right on the right. He was totally barely
1: hanging on. Yeah, but (laughs) enough of his
0: mind was just like lady. Right, right, I mean, I learned so much from that moment, which one I learned like, okay, this grand experiment is actually working out for us in the long run. Like, like we're building his brain totally. and the fact that he could articulate that, have enough self-awareness about that, feel safe enough to say that to me. Like there were so many things that could easily have been labeled as like bad behavior. Oh my gosh. Oppositional.
1: Can't regulate themselves. Can't. Right. And that's
0: it. Right. Like we're in the
1: systems where. Also, it's a trap because to get funding at school, to get recognized, right. to get special services, you depending on where you are, of course, everything's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you have to fail. They have to document things yeah. with the extremity, yeah. with the whatever, which changes the way that people talk about kids. And it becomes yes. about compliance and the whatever. And I can't, I think in so much of the, like, the improv programming and the circus programming work that I do, like, one of the things that is, like, the work is... I think like important in what we're doing is fun and builds these skills and does these things as well. And like, you get the experiences, but yeah. so much of it. And the biggest takeaway that I get from the adults that I train about it too, is like, Oh, you just like say yes to them, but not yes to like, yes, you can do that. I have no boundaries, but yes to the reality that what's unfolding is the reality that's unfolding. And I think that's where it breaks down and to me like that is what like the yes and brain is which is like improv for another day you know but like we'll
0: come back to that some other time yeah
1: yeah (laughs) um but like but being able to be in this space where it's like I'm not saying, yes, you can keep kicking the wall, but I'm saying yes to the reality that I'm freaking out and having panic and wanting to shut it down and feeling the urge to go, you can't express it like that. And yes to the reality that the kid is losing it enough and doesn't have the skills to be in their logical brain. And something happened that caused this because when we're in a regulated safe feeling place, we don't start kicking walls. Don't kick the walls. Right. And so what does it mean with the knowledge that we know to say yes to the thing? What does it mean to say yes to the group that's rowdy and isn't successfully doing the circle game or listening in the way that I want them to? I can keep trying to make them do that. But like, they clearly don't have the skill right now because either they don't have the skill or because today they don't have the skill. Exactly. And so I can keep making things bad for both of us by trying to force that to happen. But is there a way that I either can help regulate them, give them something that's higher energy, change the expectation so that we're still doing the thing that I want to do to practice the discrete skill of trying to hit, but also where intentionally after each person says the thing, instead of listening, now we all are doing a chorus of, you know, a stupid dance or song or movement yeah. or, you know, like, and yeah. I know and, I'm tangent, you
0: know, so well, no, so actually like, this is perfect know, because like, you're um, giving folks a little sneak peek of what we'll do next time when you and okay. I come back together. <laughs> no, but it's truly that's perfect because this is this is whole other piece of thing we could talk about and dive into mm-hmm. that is so important. And I definitely you know, it's on my plans to have you back to do a podcast on this idea of like that yes the yes and yeah and, how and the play even yes. in the nightmare
1: moments and the yeah. what does it mean what does it mean to still see that person as a person which also helps yes. them see you as a person, and have you hold space for the fact, the multitudes of like we are both kind of losing our internal exactly. system of regulation. Exactly. Um, replace that with true. word of no. your choice, right? No. No.
0: And um, how I, you know, when I first started learning a little bit more about improv, just mm-hmm. being so dumbfounded by like you're just talking about attachment theory here, totally, or yep. attachment the theory in return, and like totally. whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, but. With a what a new fun way to look at these relational experiences you know and how improv yeah uh, anyway it was I was blown away by the overlaps and totally mm-hmm. want to dedicate an entire other mm-hmm. show and probably I'm going to have you come into the club and teach totally. like, yeah. uh, like an improv yeah, kind great. of a yeah, way to do improv fun. games with our kids, because yeah. it is a way for parents to practice this really hard skill. Oh my gosh. of leaning into yes the, yes whatever it is and we, saying oh yeah,
1: right exactly. and it helps you avoid so many of the
0: oh my gosh, yeah.
1: struggles because so many of the expectations that are set and the kids experience in the academic world you know it's like we yeah. ended up doing camp online or the improv camp that I do right. um, this year and like there was so much freedom and like yes you can lay on your bed and do this, yes, you can present your stuffed animal during this or have the voice for you, you know, like yes. and just these things where it's like we create the world creates these rigid structures of you can't eat during class, you have to set up, you have to show attention, and right the ways that that doesn't work for a diverse brain. And right. yeah, I mean, all of that's yeah. very tangential, but it does. I can take us back to where we started. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> is that to me. I think that was also one of the parts that was like so satisfying about like when we reconnected again like you and me is that it's like we were in the exact same place again with like these ideas of play and the nervous system and all of this stuff and had just come in through different doors to the same house and so it was just like such a cool thing to be like oh look at us both like still doing like the things and like right. having followed the place that led us yeah. to this shared space, yeah. we just came in through different doors and hallways, mm-hmm. and I, you know.
0: So I don't know. I think it's yeah. cool. It yeah. is really cool. It's super cool. Um Okay, so to just a quick brief summary, what I what I'm taking away. Who yeah. knows what Good people luck. are going to take away? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is honestly the word that comes to mind for me when I think about take a takeaway is just hope. Hope. Yeah. Hope that like even when we don't see behavior change, it's not possible for what we're doing to not matter. And that's true. If you're in the therapist role or it's true, if you're in the parent Parent role
1: role. and And the kid role,
0: exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that doesn't take away the truth that it it can be really scary when the behaviors that we really do kind of need to change aren't changing, Totally. right? There is some of these behaviors are dangerous and scary. Yeah. And if they don't change, like we right. imagine the future we're and right we're like, this and is and bad. Yeah, yeah. And also it can be true that it can be possible to stay in that place of like, this is terrifying that this behavior isn't changing. And Absolutely. I also feel totally confident that even mm-hmm. if it's not changing, showing up and being with this person yes. in this way matters totally it changes totally. their brain and i like yes. to think i'd love to hear your thoughts on this like i like to think that especially for kids with some of the most profound histories of relational trauma
1: mm-hmm.
0: that um ha- and i often say this to therapists who are feeling so discouraged like nothing's changing mm-hmm. i feel like what i'm doing doesn't matter mm-hmm. that it's like what is changing is that this person's brain Mm-hmm. Now knows that this relational experience that exists between the two of you mm-hmm. exists. Yeah. They didn't even know this relational experience existed. It was possible to feel totally. seen. It was possible to be known. Totally. And so what now has changed is the possibility of hope in that child's brain. Yes. That this relationship that they're ha- this experience they're having with you that you don't see is making any difference right. at all, their brain now. Right. Has the capacity to believe that this relational experience could exist somewhere else too. Right. Well, they, and they might yeah. seek it out and they totally. might look for it. And it might yeah. be why they find themselves back in the therapist chair when they're, or in the therapist office when they're right. older, older or it might change totally. the relationships that they seek out, or yeah. it might change them, mm-hmm. like kind of like lobbing on or like right. lobbing on to like, uh, Favorite teacher or yes, it yes, finding
1: a, the moments of resonance, trusting you might be able to even have a moment of being delighted. Yes,
0: in. and it no, is I, profound, mm-hmm. yeah. profound. Even Agreed. as parents, if we're not getting the the return in <laughs> the servant mm-hmm. return, right? That's giving us the data, what you're doing right. matters. Yeah, it cannot trusting. Mm-hmm. It's yes. pos- impossible for it to not matter.
1: Totally. And to not integrate in some capacity. Yeah. And that doesn't mean always on the timeline that is needed right. and wanted and all, you know, all of the right. but yeah, I mean, I think as you were talking about that, it makes me think of also, and I think it's actually direct- directly related, although I hadn't thought about it specifically in this way, but, um, that often we'll talk about like when we have kind of the long-term trauma pieces, sort of the truncated sense of the future. Like yes. it's like, okay, I can't even like plan for the future because like what does that even mean? What and does that just mean? surviving and like being. And it's interesting because I hadn't thought about it this way, but I think it's the same in that relational context that you just brought up, is that mm-hmm. it's like you start being able to see a longer-term relational future yeah. and a relational space where It exists, which is like the same thing you said. It's just the parallel there that I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's interesting. I haven't seen it exactly. I haven't thought about it exactly that way. Yeah. Um, But I think that that's totally it, you know, is that it's like every little nugget of regulation or connection or at minimum a safe coexistence in a room where you didn't have any physical harm to safety and -hmm. your basic needs were met, like is begin seeding the ability to find and collect more of those and begin seeding the ability to understand those within a connected elongated sequence with the same person and allows you which was like the funniest way ever to say a relationship with one person (laughs) but it is like these you know Yeah. yeah I mean I think that is
0: yeah
1: it yeah like it can't not matter um,
0: yes, it can't not matter. All right. I want us to share one last thing and then we'll okay. say goodbye. And I'll promise that audience yeah. that you will, you'll come back <laughs> is I, um, was speaking at a conference once for, marketed for adoptive parents, foster mm-hmm. parents. And after the conference, I received an email from somebody in the audience who identified as like a grown up mm-hmm. who was a kid with complex trauma mm-hmm. and, How she can imagine, she couldn't imagine, you know, one thing she took away from the conference that she wasn't expecting was that being in that room of people, people who gave up their Saturday to -hmm. show up at a conference and learn how to do better as parents. Mm -hmm. She was like, I can't imagine how that would have changed my life.
1: Yes. If Same. I had
0: been the child mm-hmm. of any of those parents that mm-hmm. were in that ballroom, no matter what they were really doing in their real yes. parenting, right? How right. it was, well, it was translating, right? The no, fact I mean, to have been yes. a child of an adult who cared that much that they invested that, yes, would have changed my life. Yes. No,
1: I mean, honestly, even like. F- when I sit with like the fact that it's like there are parents that will listen to this and people who do work and training, it's like, yeah, the, like the, the resonance and like the degree to like, Which that is like touching and even like somewhat internalized for me. Yes. Of like, and I'm like, I don't even know (laughs) y'all. You know, like I've literally never met you. I don't know who you are. Like is just like, and it's like I think those are the things that we like have to hold on to because the world is like real dark and deep and complicated and bleak in lots of ways. And you see lots of evidence of the not that that like knowing that it's like, oh my gosh, like there are people doing this and like when I have like my own friends who are like parenting with like such incredible intention and knowledge and like information seekers and I'm just like oh my gosh like that is so cool that like there are people who like are doing that you know like I'm like that's so great like there's no like there's not even words for it like it's just sort of a like heavy resonance of like Yes, that's great yeah. I love that's- that you know like I'm like yeah. that's real good like air energy hug <laughs> the nervous system in me sees <laughs> the
0: nervous system you we know, you know, should make little <laughs> little memes that say that but yeah in all series, honors, like this though. no this, but it, yeah, is, like, it is like it's, it's yeah
1: like yeah. honors yeah,
0: yeah. honors yeah. Mm-hmm. so the, what you just said though is like mm-hmm. the way that was probably surprising. Like, you probably didn't say, I'll do this podcast with Robin because no, this is totally. going to happen. But right, I'm like, right. imagine, right, yeah. you know, like what that does oh, to right. our own, like inner children. Totally. Like, this moment of like, oh, there are adults out there who, oh my gosh, who care that much to have just listened to this, I don't even know how long now, well right. over an hour podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. And what that <laughs> yeah. does, even for you now as an adult, even for yeah. me now as an adult. Totally. It totally. And yes. I think it's important for people who are doing the hard work mm. of parenting kids with trauma, which is, horribly hard I mean it's hard in a way that's impossible to articulate to maybe just take a moment and be like I will never meet Lacey ever in my life Mm -hmm. and me listening to this podcast matters to her totally and I actually think that that matters like to take a moment no it does and and like really receive that yes allow that to land on our own Hearts and get that yes. return from a place that we're not getting, you know, from our uh, yeah. kids because they mm-hmm. they just can't. Can't. Yeah. Right. So, In that way. Yeah. Totally. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh yes. my gosh. This is so fun. Yeah. And I know we will absolutely come back and talk. I really specifically want to talk about improv. Sure. Yeah. 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 With um, kids with relational mm-hmm. trauma because mm-hmm. it totally. makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. And because you created that amazing program that exists in Maybe. Austin, I've had my own clients yeah. benefit cool. from, from cool. it. So yeah, I'd yeah. love to have you back. We'll talk about that in the future. That sounds good. So if people want to go and find more about you, they're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. Lacey, I have to know more about Lacey and her work mm-hmm. and what she does. Where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so um, yes, com is a good place. Yep, I need before. to update with all the new things I'm doing because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing lots of things, life doesn't always permit you to update your, update website, your website with all of those things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but that will be updated with all the new comings out soon and yeah. trainings and whatnot. And that's yeah. the, yeah, same, my, uh, basically everything's that Instagram, which I'm medium active on is at yes. And brain email is yes. And brain at Gmail. Yes. You know, that's
0: yeah. And I will certainly put all that yes. in the show notes and yeah. you can link right to it, but it's pretty cool. easy to remember. Yeah. Yes. And brain everything. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. and Brain on Instagram, everything. Yeah. So yeah. So. All right, friend. Thank cool. you. For sure. Talk to you soon Okay. Bye. Bye. Lacey is amazing, right? Go check out all the inspiring work she's doing with her company, Yes and Brain, at yesandbrain.com. And don't worry, I'll definitely have Lacey back in the future so we can talk more in depth about how she integrates her love for improv and circus arts to help kids and families. If your family is in need of even more support or you find yourself looking for a community of folks who just get it, I'd love to invite you into the club a virtual community of connection, co-regulation, and a little education for parents just like you. Parents in the club are saying things like, I had no idea how helpful it would be to feel less alone. And it makes sense that that's what they're talking about because we know that undoing aloneness changes the brain. And changing the brain means you feel better and parent the way that you want to. Over at RobinGobel.com, you can get on the wait list for the next time the club opens up. You can also get immediate access to short webinars on narrow topics like lying and opposition, or take a deep dive into my comprehensive online course, Parenting After Trauma, Minding the Heart and Brain. If you are loving this podcast, please, please share. The sooner the whole world understands a neurobiology of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human, the sooner our kids will live in a world that sees them for who they really are. Completely amazing and sometimes struggling. Thanks for tuning in today. I'll see you next time. Y'all, I think I have finally started to crack the code. I retired from being a one-on-one therapist so that I could reach and impact more people far beyond the walls of my therapy office. So I have this podcast, obviously, but do you know about both the club and my professional training program being with Let me tell you about the club first. The club is a virtual community for parents of kids with big baffling behaviors. We have an active forum that's not on Facebook an on-demand video training library with over 45 videos and more added each month and at least three live meetings a month on Zoom. The club also has a special sub forum just for members who are also professionals in the field and a bonus library that's just for professional club members that has a few special bonus trainings just for professionals. We open for members periodically. So check the website at robingoble.com slash the club to see the next time we'll be rolling out the red carpet for you and put yourself on that waiting list. That way you'll be notified the moment our doors open. The club is a pretty amazing place, but I also know it's not a substitute for the one-on-one support that your family might need. Unfortunately, you know as well as I do that there aren't even close to enough professionals trained in attachment neuroscience and trauma who know how to support the families of the kids with the biggest, most baffling behaviors. Hopefully That's about to change because I now offer an in-depth, immersive training program for professionals that's called Being With. Being With is a year-long program where professionals dive deep into the neuroscience of behavior while stuffing their toolbox full so that they know just how to help the most struggling families. But really, even more than that, Being With is a space for us to practice exactly that. Being with because the tools to help families are important, but growing our capacity to truly be with the most overwhelmed families with the most overwhelming kids is what really changes families because dynamically array alive resonant presence is how the brain changes and Developing presence and energetic boundaries helps keep us out of burnout so we can work with the families who need us the most for a long, long time, as long as we want to, without compromising our own health or families. At the end of the year of training, students earn the licensing rights to teach my parent course to their clients and communities. So professionals will develop a whole new income stream and parents will have more opportunities to get the support that they need right in their community. Graduates of the program are included in a database of all the parent coaches who have trained with me, something that families literally ask me for almost every day. Applications for the 2023 cohort of being with will open this summer. You can sign up on the waiting list to be notified the moment applications open at robingoble.com slash being with thank you thank you for being part of this podcast listening community for showing up every week for keep listening to the podcast for sharing the podcast with everyone you know and if you love the podcast go ahead and rate and review it too thanks y'all i'll see you next week are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief like yes finally someone gets me and my kids including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically, so go check robingoble.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know The moment we open for new members. That's robingoble.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you, then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingoble.com slash beingwith, read all about it, and if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too.